Welcome back to ADHD Positive. For those of you who are on my uh, podcast on Spotify right now, um, I would like to let you know that I am now doing my podcast on YouTube as well. So now you can see all of my videos, um, you know, section of my office that I work in. Um, and kind of how that area is set up, or if you just want to see, you know, the face behind the actual podcast, um, you can go over and check my channel out on YouTube, which I will be posting to um, YouTube today. So, all right, so for all of you who have been uh, keeping abreast of my podcast, this is the uh, episode five, season five um, podcast, and this episode. I will be diving into procrastination, um, you know, not treatments. Let's not use treatments um, because I don't want it to. I don't want you to make it make you feel like it's a, a cure all. But some strategies and techniques that you can use to, you know, shape and mold and direct um, some of the symptoms that you may be having with ADHD and. Uh, first, I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for checking in today. Um, for anybody who's viewing my podcast now on YouTube, thank you for checking it out. I really appreciate it. I am moving into a um, emotional intelligence uh, coaching and certification um, along with my um, bachelor's uh, business administration, and that will be something that I'll be discussing next on my podcast is the um, connections between emotional intelligence and ADHD and kind of how those things work. Um, real quick, what to look forward to next in my podcast will be, what to look forward to next in my podcast is going to be discussing, you know, the podcast, or I mean ADHD and going to the grocery store. ADHD and the gym, um, what kind of issues or, or, or circumstances occur because of that. So for example, you know, going to the gym and, you know, not being able to focus on a workout because you didn't write it down. And what are some of the things that we can do to help our gym experience, um, be more beneficial to us or our grocery shopping? Um, those of us who have ADHD, we will tend to latch onto things quickly. Something will catch our eye, packaging, colors, Marketers will use members of the ADHD community very well because we have a tendency to latch on to things that pique our interest um, by way of sight. And so um, those are just a couple of things. And the reason why I'm mentioning that is because, you know, some of the most common strategies for working with ADHD work with all, I would say all of the procrastination types but ADHD in general so these these are just I'm gonna just run down some of the some of the things that we in the ADHD community understand and can utilize to help us uh, make sense or work with our procrastination or just our ADHD in general so some of the most basic things like the, the base layer of things regular exercise this is a powerful treatment for ADHD. And, you know, it can, it can just be a 30 minute walk, you know, two or three times a week. That's, it's very simple. Um, but you also wanna make sure when you're working out to pick something enjoyable. Pick something that you're gonna to wanna to stick with. Pick something that you're gonna to want to keep and maintain. So if you are doing a workout out of a magazine or men's fitness, men's health, women's fitness, whatever, for a certain result, this may not help your ADHD because you are working out for a very specific reason and it may not be something that you enjoy doing, so your body is not getting that um, enjoyment and fulfillment out of it. Um, another good thing with exercise is team sports. These are really good social elements to add into our daily lives that I think many of us need who have ADHD. We are stimulated by other people. A lot of our batteries and tanks are filled with this kind of stimulation from other people. 
which really just helps us, um, you know, get 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 that get that excitement without using you know any kind of extra extra boost to our day. Um, I've always talked about how important it is to smile at people every day, and just be be talkative when you feel like it. Um, and so, again, communication, physical fitness, and socialization, team sports, these are things that can boost dopamine um, and serotonin levels, um, which is really helpful. It can help us focus. So, one thing that I really like doing is getting out in nature. And this is really fun because it helps me understand one second yeah it helps me understand um, that there's more to just lists and checklists and doing these things and, and checking off all these boxes and making sure all this stuff is done because when you go out in nature, you see things that are moving slower. You see things that are progressing at a slower rate. Not only does it help us understand that there's more to life than just checklists and all these other things, we also get to see that everything takes time. And a lot of us who are working on our ADHD journey are working on um, strategizing and, and methodizing routines to help our our. our uh, circumstances and our symptoms, we will often get into a rut and feel like maybe we're not doing enough, maybe we're not working fast enough, maybe these things aren't, aren't happening quick enough for us to see. And going out in nature is one of those things that will really help us um, not only ground ourselves, if, if you're used to grounding, uh, taking your shoes off and walking barefoot outside, I've mentioned this in other episodes before, but getting outside and being around nature there's just something about it that takes us out of the busy humdrum of everyday life that makes us feel like we need to be in that cyclical motion to be our better selves. All right, so let's take exercise into consideration. One recap, make it fun. Um, social, social, um, social events, uh, basketball, pick up basketball, um, these kinds of things. Even if it's a little competitive, um, it helps with our social skills, social levels, and kind of um, re-energizes us. But also, a lot of that social attention, from my from my experience, a lot of that social interaction will make me feel more fulfilled at the end of the day, and make me feel like I don't need to work so hard on just the checklist that I have. It's a nice break. It's a nice break from the routine, the list, the checklist, the sticky notes. While they are helpful, and excuse me. While they are helpful and they're useful for getting uh, things done, sometimes we need a break from that, all right? The second basic thing that I want to talk about that most of us probably already know about that impacts ADHD and ADHD treatment is sleep. Now, the, 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 basic, the basic tenets I'm talking about right now for ADHD, these are tenets that I want to use or want to discuss because it is something that we use in lieu of uh, medications. I took Adderall for a while and it completely made me a zombie. You know, I, I focused, I was a straight A student, I read faster, I focused more, but I realized all those little spaces in between focusing and learning that there was no social aspect. I did not really care um, about other people's social interactions uh, or my own. Um, what I will say now in hindsight, learning about emotional intelligence, I lacked emotional intelligence when it came to taking Adderall. So, that is my experience with Adderall. I don't know anybody else's experience with Adderall or Ritalin or any of the other, um, you know, medications that come out with for ADHD, but this is why I find it important to work on things that are not medication types. All right, so the importance of sleep. Now, as ADHD individuals, we know that our mind's always racing. So we're gonna stay up later, we're gonna have racing thoughts, we're gonna be thinking about um, stuff that we did not do, stuff that could happen, um, stuff that hasn't happened, and this can cause us to have an issue going to sleep, and I am guilty of that. 
I actually go to sleep around 10 o'clock, 11 sometimes. And I have a great partner. She understands that my mind is racing. So if I spend too much time working on homework before bed, I don't get to sleep until midnight sometimes. So one, while we're talking about sleep, it is important to also focus on planning your study sessions or focus sessions. And just like eating, you probably want to wind down these study sessions or focus sessions about, I'd probably say two hours prior to what you would want to go to bed. So I have begun, you know, winding down from homework around 10 o'clock. Um, well, that wasn't working because I realized, you know, when I, I kept the journal and I realized if I stop at 10 o'clock, I'm usually not winding down. My brain is not, it hasn't stopped thinking about schoolwork, deadlines, um, what I could have put in this sentence, what I could have put in that sentence until about midnight. So my wind down time now when I stop doing homework is about 8.30, which happens to be the same time that I stop eating for the night and the same time that I should be reaching my goal for water in that day. Um, and I'll talk about that later as well. Um, so with, with ADHD, like I just said, we can have difficulties falling asleep. We can also have difficulties waking up in the morning. Um, and that is because we have poor sleep. Um, the difficulty waking in the morning is a circumstance that's going to ba- bed late at night and not taking the appropriate steps to wind down. So one of the things that I would suggest is, and I know I keep bringing this up, it's very important, but journaling. Journaling about your day. This gets all your thoughts out about what you could have done, could have done differently, should have done, will do tomorrow. This is a great way to write down all the thoughts you're having on what you could have done or could have done better, and that will help you relax. You know, um, for some of us, we like to read before bed. That's also a very good thing to do before bed is read. Um, I would also say drinking tea before bed. So I would not suggest overindulging on sleep medications like the z and gummies of that sort because what I noticed is I sleep harder, I don't remember any of my dreams, and I wake up feeling just as groggy as if I went to bed too late. That's my personal opinion, and that is my personal experience, and it may not be yours. So just make sure that you, you do things according to what you are finding out about yourself. And that's one really important plug I want to put in right now is on the journey of working with circumstances in ADHD, it is important for each and every single one of us to remember that we are all different. All of our journeys are different. We are a different case study out of millions of individuals on this planet, and perhaps even billions. And if you set routines and structure and things of this nature based on somebody else's opinion or perspective, it may not work well for you. And you may become even more frustrated with how it's going. So remember, this is why I I highly emphasize and suggest journaling. Journaling for yourself, but journaling for a better you. Because you'll be able to figure out what you need. Not what somebody else needs, not what a magazine has told you. And while I have read many books on ADHD, there are some things in those books that don't apply to me. That, you know, renowned, you know, PhDs have talked about and written about and studied. Some of that stuff's not going to apply to you. So again... Leave what you don't need, keep what you do, all right? So let's talk about some tips for getting better sleep, going to sleep earlier on time, and waking up feeling refreshed. Now, what I already talked about, you know, the studying and the winding down and having a routine before bed, have a bedtime to stick to and stick to it. Now, I know you could probably, some of us probably fluctuate like an hour or so after that bedtime. Um, I can't tell you what is perfect All I can tell you is that sometimes that hour that we fluctuate based on a commitment we made to ourselves will affect us in the morning. So maybe do like, you know, if you're trying to do a 9 o'clock bedtime, 
let's make sure that um, you know try try to make sure you set a goal for that too, a secondary goal. So 9:45 at the latest, 9:30. You know, because sometimes you are going to have a problem going to bed on time, um, which is which is which can be difficult. And one way that I have figured out to work around that, which I probably need to start getting back into, is. And I know some of you are going to have an issue with, you know, the the methodology to it or the, the security concerns around it. But one thing that I use when it comes to um, my sleep routine is I have an, an Alexa. An Alexa, and I also purchased some lights. You can go on Amazon and get these lights for about 30 bucks or four of them. They will, you know change to a different color, they can slowly, you know, get lower and lower and lower as you get closer to your bedtime, and they'll shut off. You can set your Alexa up to shut your TV off, so you don't really have a choice um, to do this. You can set your Alexa up to turn on some music and, you know, wind you down that way. I like listening to Ludovico Inaudi. Um, if any of you guys want to look that up, that's a really really amazing artist that helps me wind down for bed. Um, another thing, make sure that your bedroom is completely dark. That's really important. I know that the bedroom that we, me and my fiance sleep in, it is in the back side of the house that gets the least amount of light exposure. While that's not great for any of my hanging plants, it's really great for me getting the quality of sleep that I need. Alright? Um, another thing, Let's talk about caffeine for a second. While caffeine's great for us in the afternoon, we have to get something done. It's not very great when we want to, you know, go to sleep. You know, um, caffeine boosts us, obviously. Now, there's been people out there talk about caffeine and how us as an ADHD community are hot air balloons up here, and when we have that caffeine, it brings our hot air balloon back down so we're relaxed. Well, for some of us, that's not true. Some of us, the caffeine does pick us up. So some of us, our hot air balloon may be here, you know, and as we're, as we're taking the coffee, it'll, it'll pick us up here, you know, and that's not where we want to be at when we're trying to go to sleep. Again, like I talked about earlier, implementing a quiet time before bed. This is, you know, your reading, your journaling, your music, having your lights turned off or, or slowly come down with the, with the evening. And... Make sure that you're not taking medication at night that could be interacting with your sleep pattern. Clearly, you would understand what, what you know, if you're taking Adderall at 8 o'clock at night and not in the morning, then clearly that's going to be something that's causing you to stay up. So think about those things, all right? And the next thing I want to talk about um, applies to, you know, staying focused while you're at the grocery store. Diet really matters. Diet matters for us. I've talked about this in previous episodes of my podcast, and I see it everywhere now. Now that I've talked about it, I see it everywhere. And that is red food dyes. I won't touch too long on red food dyes, so it doesn't really matter in this podcast episode, but that is one of the things that I know impacts me quite a bit. Now... Let's, let's move off of that a little bit. So scheduling your meals. So I know <laughs> it sucks because <clears throat> as individuals with ADHD, we, we, we kind of get tired of scheduling sometimes. I get that. <clears throat> I've been there. I know exactly how that feels. But scheduling, if you do it in the right manner, can be fun, can be interactive, if you will. Scheduling regular meals... Or your snacks. So, you know, it is suggested that you schedule your meals or snacks no more than two and a half hours apart. So, people who have ADHD, we have a tendency to eat erratically and eat without any kind of structure. I've noticed it, not only when I look in, you know, the hallway mirror. Um, but those days where I feel like, man, I feel like I've eaten all the snacks I already have. And that can be something that not only we're using for hyperactivity and our moving and our fidgeting, but, you know, we're, we're, we're satisfying another mode of, of, of 
function by eating all day. And I would suggest meal prepping. Meal prepping, it sounds really terrible uh, because of the time it takes. And it does take some time, I'm not going to lie to you. But if you go on Amazon and you just buy, you know, some, some Tupperware, you can go to Costco, Sam's Club, Walmart, anywhere, and get some Tupperware. And I'm not saying that each of the meals throughout the day or snacks has to be something you're preparing a stove. It can be as easy as, so here's what I do. Let me just go about it this way. So I usually will do oatmeal in the morning or chia seed pudding. Those are some things you can even put in the refrigerator and make overnight. If you make your chia seed pudding well, and you use a little bit of honey and coconut milk and chia seeds, not only will it keep you full for a longer time, which will then allow you to eat more vegetables for snacks in between, it's something that you can prepare four days in a row in advance and keep in the refrigerator. This is really helpful for me. Another thing that I use to for meal prepping and laying out meals is I, I make a nut mixture. So I go to Aldi and I buy three different kinds of nuts and I just pour them into a big old big old Tupperware container, mix them up, and then I will separate them out into little containers and then I'll have those. So one, I use those at home while I'm studying so I'm not just eating a bunch of junk food. Two, I take them to the gym and so whenever I'm at the gym, outside my protein uh, fuel powder and my water, I'll have those nuts. Another thing, making sure that we get enough zinc, iron, and magnesium in your diet. This is really important for ADHD people because this helps us, helps us focus and helps us, helps us maintain a um, healthy energy. Let's see, um, so for me, I don't like suggesting multivitamins because I don't really know what's always in the multivitamins, and that's again, a personal preference of mine but if you if you if you like to go about the holistic way something that I often do is I will meal prep my even my snacks um, for you know zinc iron and magnesium and I'll cut up a bunch of carrots not the baby carrots because those those are ultra processed kinds of stuff um, I will cut up carrots I will cut up broccoli I will cut up um, cucumbers and zucchinis and we have tomatoes in the backyard, so I will even get some cherry tomatoes and toss in there. And that is what I will have with my nuts throughout the day. Um, I have switched from eating nuts and cheese for my snacks to eating the vegetable, the vegetable medley I just talked about. And sometimes I will also throw in some beets or pickles and pickle juice. That is That is because of my my high workout capacity that I do throughout the week, um, which is why I add those. Another thing that we need to avoid is avoid junk food, all right? One suggestion that is on here talks about um, including a little protein and complex carbohydrates in each meal, which is great. I take two Huel protein shakes a day, and I will post a video or a yeah, I will post a video to my Instagram page of the Huel Protein, what the package looks like, and what the ingredients are on the back so you guys can see exactly how beneficial all of those amazing nutrients are for, for our bodies. Alright, so that was that's another easy thing that I take sometimes as a supplemental meal because it has all the nutrients I need for the entire day, sort of like Shakeology, but better. And that is also something that I use to, you know, add the protein and the complex carbohydrates into my day. And when I do eat these things like chia seed pudding or oatmeal in the morning that keeps me fuller, or when I eat this Huel protein shake, it helps me avoid uh, junk food. Another important tip I want to make about junk food. Anytime you know you're about to go into town or you're going to go somewhere where you're going to be tempted to have junk food where you don't really need junk food, this is a perfect time to pop one of those, you know, nut mixes or, um, you know, uh, vegetable medleys into your car to make sure that you have something to snack on when you're going to the store. 
And also, make sure that when you go to the store, when you go to, uh, you know, town, make sure that you're not hungry at those moments because those will also lead to weakness and impact us even more when we are trying to fight the temptation of junk food. All right? So cut back on sugar and caffeine. This is a really good point because what I want to talk about now is pre-packaged nut mixes and things like that. We will see, you know, the nut mix and the, and the trail mix at Costco and Sam's Club and Aldi. And sometimes those mixes, if you just turn the package around and look at the back, you'll see that the sugar, 27, 30 grams for the day, that's a lot. We don't need that much. And that's because, you know, you have the dried fruits, you have the, the, the chocolate, the, the M&M, the chocolate-covered raisins, all of that stuff. We need to, you know, not only just for individual people who want to live a, a, a healthier, more sustainable lifestyle, but specifically us who have ADHD because sugars will increase. Sugars can, you know, eating sugary foods for a quick energy boost um, can lead to a crash in mood, energy, and focus. So I have noticed whenever I have a sugary breakfast or I've had a coffee, you know, which I don't do anymore, but I've, I've had coffee in the morning that was been from Starbucks or something and it has sugar or it's a flavored coffee. I am much more interested in taking a nap later on that day and that nap does not benefit me because I am napping for two or three hours. All right, sometimes, sometimes less, but you know, around an hour, hour and a half. So make sure that we understand not only when we are taking in sugar, but then processed sugar and, you know, s cakes and, and snack foods and any, any um, hostess or, or Sara Lee or any frozen dessert that you see in the frozen dessert section at the stores. No. It's much easier to get your, your sugars from things that are like, you know, I like to use most of my sugar additives now are either cane sugar or natural raw honey from the local location that I actually live in, which helps my which helps my my allergies. But that's neither here nor there. All right, so let's talk about um, one thing that I would recommend for those of us who drink coffee is I have a product here. I don't know if you can see that. I'm trying to get it out of the light so you can see it. It is mushroom coffee. Here, there we go. Well, there we go. Mushroom coffee by Republica. And this is something that I take now um, in, in lieu of my coffee. And it tastes like coffee. I am not doing this as any kind of marketing or anything like that. We're sponsoring this coffee. I am just saying I take it because it allows me to get all the benefits of all the mushrooms in this coffee and it does provide gut health immunity focus clean energy longevity and balance all right this little bottle here lasts 35 days that's if you drink one cup a day which is all i need in the morning and i'll take that in the morning before i start to um, do my my schoolwork and i will even throw in a scoop of taurine in there for even more focus. So, another thing we need to talk about in eating is getting more omega-3 fatty acids. Now, you could be somebody who wants to use, you know, the, you want to use, you know, the supplement or the, or the, the fish oil pills, and that's fine. I get mine from smoked oysters, and I get mine from other things in my diet. A, an actual study showed that omega-3s improve mental focus in people with ADHD. Omega-3s are found in salmon, tuna, sardines, and some fortified eggs and milk products. While it is more beneficial to get omega-3s from food, fish oil and algae, algae supplements are easy ways to boost your intake. So take that into consideration when... Um, when, when shopping for products, all right? So that is all I'm gonna talk about right now as it applies to the basic, um, for the basic 
strategies for ADHD. Now I'm going to talk about the the procrastination types and their strategies. And one more thing I wanted to touch on in this is to remember that 80 to 95% of college students have issues with ADHD and that's been reported. 25% of adults are considered chronic have chronic issues with ADHD, which, you know, it can mean a multitude of things, but for the most part, it affects a, a, a very large swath of the things they have going on in life, all right? So, you know, it's all-encompassing for them. And then in another study, 94% of participants said it had, clearly, a negative impact on their lives. And I'm just bringing these numbers back up to you, and I will, I will continuously do this as a, a, a form of Pimsleur method to remind you guys you're not alone. There's more people out there that have this issue and many of us are working on it every day trying to figure out how we can manage it and you know harness this amazing power. Alright, so let's talk about just a recap of some of the top three tips that I have found. Finding the source. Why we procrastinate. This is where I talk about journaling, making mental notes of yourself, keeping things on your wall. Um, you know, I have sticky notes to help me focus, but I also have a journal uh, here at my desk that I write down um, anytime that I'm feeling like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Or, you know, right now my fiance is outside and I'm trying to look outside and see what she's doing, but I also realize, like, you know, this is a relaxing day. I'm just doing an episode of my podcast, and I also want to give myself a little bit of space every now and then. So again, find the source. Two, condense and chunk tasks. Tasks. This can be something that is done even with journaling about you know what you're noticing about yourself. You know, today I'm going to journal about you know distractions that I'm having while studying. All right. That's yeah. That can be a chunk task right there. So, chunking the task, getting your journal set up in your computer area for that morning to utilize it, or even just having a note tab on your computer that you open. I know we all have the sticky notes tab on our computer that we can just quickly jot something down. Some of you may find that it's distracting to use on your computer because then you may flop over to some other some other window to do something else. So be mindful of that. And then three, apply the two-minute rule. Simply apply two minutes to each thing on your task. This can be back up to the chunking, but it's, I think it's a subcategory for me under the chunking. All right, setting a two-minute two minute time limit for each thing on your task. This two-minute rule will help remind you and condition you two minutes can then turn into four, five, six, seven, you know, however long. So baby steps. Snowball, snowball effect, all right? So that was just a real quick recap of that. And then be kind to yourself emotionally. This is important, guys, okay? So there have been plenty of days where I have felt like, man, I just can't do enough. I, I can't do enough to impress this professor. I can't do enough to, you know, get this website built. I can't do enough to, you know, keep the house clean this week. I can't do enough to keep all the dust off the surfaces, things like that. So it's important to remind yourself that you are loved, not just by other people, by, by yourself, love yourself. Procrastination can bring up negative feelings that we will repeat to, our, to ourselves and call ourselves names. Remember that this is a growing experience as with life itself, so be kind to your soul. Speak affirmations, not hatred. Here you can see all my affirmations. You got this. Why not you? Take what you need and leave the rest. Put God first. Think about what you want. Focus is key. Here is one that I think I look at the most is take structured breaks and we are almost there. That applies with every task. It could be a task that lasts 30 minutes, a task that lasts five minutes, but if you remind yourself that you're almost there and would Ever you set your goal out to be for that task, it's worth it or you wouldn't have set it, all right? All right, 
The last thing, and I think there's some controversy and some mixed emotions that I have about this uh, last one of the basics, and just a recap, is rewrite the to-do list. I have found that rewriting the to-do list does nothing for me. Writing, you know, writing a to-do list in itself is is a process for me, and so rewriting it, I feel like I have already spent the time to do it right the first time, and rewriting it doesn't work for me. But this may work for other people. Writing down 12 things to get done in one day can leave you feeling overwhelmed. Instead, start your list with the biggest task or most important and apply the two-minute rule to that task. I have already I have already got that out of the way, and that is something that I have been conditioned to do. Um, being in the military and other things, that is something that I have not had too many issues with. So, that may be something for you guys to think about on the other end, all right? And then... The last recap, excuse me, the last recap is talk to someone about your frustrations. It's important to lean on other people. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying talk to somebody else to figure out what they would do in your situation. Because again, remember, you are an individual case study. You are an individual yourself. It only applies to you. All right? But you do need someone to talk to, whether that's a therapist, whether that is an emotional intelligence and ADHD life coach like me, or... A friend, uh, even even a, a, a wife, a husband, a, a partner, anybody. Okay, find someone to talk to because they will also help help you see and realize and remember that you're loved, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. All right, let's talk about strategies to address procrastination type. What you all been waiting for? Okay, all right. So, the dreamer. We talked about the dreamer in our last episode. And the dreamer is somebody who can get caught up and, you know, think, well, it's going to get solved for me. If I just, you know, just wait, it'll all, it'll all, it'll all work itself out. It'll all figure itself out. Dreamers don't like to plan. They have a hard time planning things, which, you know, that is what it is. No one, no one, I'm not, no one's going to be mad at the facts here. Okay. So strategies to work, to address procrastination and this is one of those things where you need to do a self-diagnosis and find out which symptoms from the last podcast that I talked about, which symptoms that you notice most often. Or if you notice a collection of them, which ones you notice most often. Alright, so strategies to address procrastination for a dreamer are do one thing at a time. And this information is information that I've pulled from a multitude of sources um, and then just kind of blended and figured out which ones not only occur the most in these in these academic journals but also um, were seen the most so do one thing at a time that's one okay train yourself to differentiate yourself between dreams and goals so again I'll read that again for anybody because it's kind of confusing Train yourself to differentiate between your dreams and goals. So, man, I want to have I want to have a jet one day, or you know, then I'll start dreaming about all the stuff that I need to do to get that jet. Or I want to have a coffee shop that has a garden inside. Um, you know, those are some of those can be considered dreams. Some can be considered goals. So make sure that you understand what your goals are. And goals, my goals, usually um, can be applied to the SMART goal system. So um, specific, um, measurable, um, attainable, all right? Realistic. Realistic is a very important one that can separate dreams and goals. And timed. So those are the things that I think about when I think about which ones are goals and which ones are dreams, all right? Another strategy to utilize is the five W's and H. What, when, why, where, who, and how. This can apply to structure. This can apply to setting reminders. This can be applied to many facets of our life. 
And if you are a dreamer procrastinator, you know exactly what I'm talking about. All right. The last thing, the last tip that I, I have for a dreamer is write down your plans to accomplish a goal. So this is where smart goals come into play, people. So make sure that you have, so a lot of things will be, you know, goals broken down into objectives, objectives that need to be broken down into goals. Those small goals that build up those objectives to complete that objective, then the more objectives you complete, the closer you get to your goal. So be mindful here because I don't want you to go down a rabbit hole and try to solve, you know, four goals or four objectives. No, let's do this. Four goals with objectives. I don't want you going through the day having four goals and you have eight objectives under each goal. Uh, we don't need, you know, 32 objectives to complete two, four goals for the day. We need to be mindful of, the, the, again, be mindful of the caseload and the workload you put on yourself and be realistic about what you can achieve for the day. If you went to sleep late because you, you know, were studying too late and you were drinking a cup of coffee while you were studying, and you, you know, slept until 9 a.m., there's certain things you're not going to be able to do during that day that you probably would usually be able to do when you got up at 6 a.m. So think about that and be honest with yourself. That's one of the hardest things I have had to understand and work on is being honest with myself. I made a mistake here or I messed up here or I didn't do what I had planned to do here, so now I have to work within the confines of the circumstances that I've given myself. Nobody else, the circumstances that we've given ourselves, all right? Oh, it's good coffee. Yeah, it's good stuff there. Mm. All right, I have some Ludovico and Audi playing in the background, if you can hear it. It's one of the best things I use for studying. Anyhow, all right, let's talk about the perf perfectionist. My fiance is a perfectionist. Um, I wouldn't say she's a perfectionist procrastinator. She's more of a perfectionist warrior. Anyways, this is, so the strategies for perfectionists are placed around one central theme. You, we want to, those of us who are perfectionists, we want to banish the should with the could. So... I should drive over to her house. I should drive over to my friend's house. I should go out to this club with these friends without studying. I should um, do this. So we need to say, I, I could go to my friend's house, but I have studying to do. I could go to, you know, uh, this club tonight, but I really need to prep this, this, this food for the next four days to make sure that I can you know, do that stuff later. And, you know, I, I can prep the food for the weekend next weekend to make that a compromise to go out next weekend. So the should needs to be replaced with the could. And we should all have a sticky note that says banish should. Should. Because with perfectionists, they always have a feeling that they need to do something for others, um, which in then turn they think that's going to make them feel better. When oftentimes they do things for others and they still feel the same way. Alright? So shoot for... Well, let's see here. So shoot for the stars, okay? But realize that you will only gain more experience. So sh you can shoot for perfection all you want. But you need to condition that mindset that perfection is not going to come. Unless you're Jesus... Perfection ain't going to come. And so you have to understand and internalize and process the fact that you're just going to gain more experience. If you want to contribute more experience to perfection, go right ahead. I mean, again, each of you is a different case study. But as long as you know that you will never be perfect, that's all that matters here. All right? So, again, just strive for progress rather perfection progress so i got a c minus on this you know this paper for this class i can think about that paper as i'm writing this current paper for for school all i want and worry about getting that c and worrying about getting an a plus but as long as i get a b or a c plus or higher 
As long as I get higher than a C plus, I feel pretty good about myself. I don't. I have never placed myself in that position where if I don't get an A, I don't feel like I'm worth anything, and I need to get a perfect score every time. All right. So leave the all or nothing mentality at the door, wherever you're at. Whether it's work, whether it's a professional setting, a formal setting, whether it's hanging out with friends, you know, this can be one of those things that's really challenging for us, especially those of us who spend a lot of time on social media, because we see everybody else faking they have it all, and we want to have it all. That's one of those things that we need to realize that we can't have it all, and nor should we want to have it all, because once you have all of it, there's nothing else that you're really striving for, um in life and so just understanding that the all-or-nothing mentality is just a negative cyclical behavior that will cause issues all right now some of that's, that's my opinion but it's also my experience so the perfectionist will should also break down goals and objectives into small tasks and set a time limit for those so this is where that two-minute rule comes in and this is where that chunking comes in all right so there's that the chunking and the two-minute time rule and that so that is where we are with those let's talk about the worrier okay the this is the last one that I'll probably stop on is the worrier and then we'll talk about the defier next time and the rest so the worrier if you make it's very important I want everyone to think about this just think about it for a second and, and, and process it if you make no decision at all you are still making a decision. One of the worst issues that worrier procrastinators have is what happens if I make this decision? What happens if I turn this paper in now? Uh, you know, and I get this, I get ticked off for, for grammar over here. And, you know, they struggle with making decisions. My fiance struggles with making a decision at the restaurant. It takes sometimes. Don't catch me lying now, but sometimes it'll take her 15, 20 minutes to pick a, pick out a meal to a restaurant we've already been to three or four times. Sometimes more. And that's because she's worried about making the wrong decision. So, if you make no decision, understand, you are still making <laughs> a decision. I know, think about that. Spell out your plan to reduce worry because the plan is in smaller steps. So sometimes it helps for us to see, again, if you can see a reoccurring theme here, wave or shout, that sometimes it's easier to see large goals or objectives broken down into smaller plans. And this again is where smart goals has come in and helped me understand a lot, a lot more about what I need to do. All right, use more words like I can. Um, I can do this, you've got this. You know, I've got, you can do it. Brandon, you've got this. You deserve it. You are worth it. One minute at a time. You're intelligent. Use words of affirmation to, un, to help you and condition your brain to know that you got it. You can do it. You've made it here. You're listening to this podcast. You're watching this video on YouTube. All the stuff that I didn't think I'd be able to do with my ADHD podcast and, and ADHD YouTube channel, I am now doing it because I have kept pushing and kept conditioning my mind to know and understand I got it. I can do it. I've experienced this and I understand that other people are experiencing it or are going to experience it, whether it's with themselves, with parents, with children, with friends. And so by conditioning myself to understand that I've got this, I have continued to grow this platform. All right. So use more words like I can and post-it notes to remind yourself that you can do what you need to do. Get used to doing the uncomfortable. By starting small, public speaking, uh, hanging out in social groups, even if you just go to watch, you know, pick up basketball and you sit on the you sit on the sidelines, you know, and you just watch. There's probably going to be a moment in that conversation where somebody wants you to join the game, and then you join the game, and you you thought, well, what, man? Why, why was I why was I worried about making this decision? Um, turning in an assignment that you know that you haven't, you know re-edited 15 times. How about you turn that assignment in now when you've only edited it five times? Um, starting small. Now, this isn't one of those situations where you get used to the uncomfortable 
by starting small means tossing your child into a lake like my dad did when I was a kid. Starting small means starting small and in relevance to the subject we're talking about right now. Starting small. And making sure that you know what starting small means for you and only you. Because if you don't, and if you haven't, you know, diagnosed or written down some of the situations and some of the some of the symptoms that you're dealing with, you might start small in the wrong area, and you might apply some of these tips to the wrong procrastination type than you really are. Anyways, to get off that tangent, um, I want to let everyone know that the next set of topics will be on Defire and Crisis Maker and the rest. And that is where we will pick up in our next podcast. I am actually about to go to the gym and after my next podcast on procrastination types and tips, I would like to offer a dive in with me at the gym to give everybody an insight of how I stay focused at the gym, what tips I use to, you know, stay focused to get the most out of my gym time, what I use at the store to stay focused uh, when purchasing things I need to purchase that are good for me and healthy for me and not going to cause more issues with my ADHD. And so those will, those will be the next three episodes that are coming up on my podcast and channel is the, the gym study, the, um, the store study, and then just recap or just finishing out the rest of the strategies for the other procrastination types that I've discussed in prior episodes. So as always, I appreciate everybody for joining me today. I appreciate everybody for following me on my podcast. Stay tuned for more things to enter the fold as it pertains to ADHD. Like I said, I am working on my uh, certification and license for emotional intelligence life coaching and how that how that looks. And then I will also be offering a book club later on at the beginning of next year Um so we can read ADHD books together and then come together and discuss them. That will be something that will probably be um, posted on my website, which I should have links um, to through my YouTube channel and all my social media channels. Also, you guys can start looking for more social media channels um, for ADHD. So I am going to be utilizing TikTok and Snapchat and Twitter. Um, to talk about more ADHD um, um, related topics and emotional intelligence. So stay tuned for all those things. Once again, thank you all for following me. Thank you all for downloading and listening. I appreciate every single one of you. Um, Thank you all for the two individuals who already liked my first video. Um, Just know there is going to be more to come. And I hope you guys all have a blessed and amazing day. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.